0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد قل لن يصيبنا إلا ما كتب الله لنا هو مولانا وعلى الله فليتوكل المؤمنون Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la says in the Qur'an قُلْ لَنْ This is Surah Al-Tawbah That nothing shall ever happen to us except what Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la has ordained for us هو Mawlana, He's our Mawla He's our patron He's our caretaker He looks after us Mawla can be translated as Lord, Helper and Protector وَعَلَى mu'minoon, and In Allah, let the believers put their trust in Allah, let the believers put, it, put their trust. It's only the believers that are going to be putting their trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, why do we find ourselves in this situation? I just want to clarify first that this is not some kind of official Jumu'ah khutbah that's generally done in a masjid followed by a prayer. This is just an informal sermon because most people, at least in this country, and maybe other parts of the world as well, uh, they won't be attending Jumu'ah in the masjid. Uh, they'll be just sufficing at home with their prayers at home. So this is just to uh, keep that in mind and to provide a reminder mu'minin. Remind for a reminder is beneficial uh, for the believers. So it's just to give that Friday that everybody is used to. So we thought we'd make that useful. And so to to carry on, we find ourselves uh, in this particular, particular predic- predicament and lots of people are very bewildered and I've heard from different people that there's people who are really getting paranoid and losing a lot of sleep, even though they may not be physically sick and they may not have caught any uh, virus as yet and may never do actually but because of the hype around it, there's children who can't sleep at night Uh, That's why we as parents and others need to manage this well and not, we we need to take it seriously obviously because it is definitely serious and we need to take our precautions etc. But at the same time, we also don't want to make it such that people start losing hope. So what we have is, you know, they say that there's 80% of the people may catch this and then there's the statistics from other countries and so on. And based on that, what the governments have told us, what the health professionals are telling us they're telling us that you need to wash up like this you need to uh, keep a distance you, you need to have isolation you need to have this that, and the other and you know we need to listen to all of that now once we've listened to all of that and we're doing our best we've hatched down we're staying indoors we're not doing anything that is going to you know put ourselves at risk um Now, as a person of faith, and I'm not just talking to the Muslims here, I want this to be an address to even non-Muslims, people of other faiths who believe in a God, right? who believe that there's a creator, who believes that this creator, this God, this Lord is in control of the universe and is essentially in charge of all the affairs of this universe. And he is basically the omniscient Lord. He knows what he's doing. And uh, he is the omnipotent Lord. He has power over everything. He hears everything, He understands everything, He plans everything, everything is done according to His will. So anybody who believes in this Lord, we need to come together in this regard. And there is a responsibility upon us Or rather than a responsibility, we actually have some more. Because once we've done everything that the doctors and medical professionals and governments have advised us to do, right? what do we do next? How do we how, how do we deal with the whole psychology behind this? How do we deal with our spirituality? Is there something else that we can do? Do our faiths tell us something more than this? What else should we do? That's a very, very important question. And that's why we really need to... Our role as believers in God, Muslims and others, uh, it goes actually beyond just hatching down and doing that. There's a lot more we can do and I think the rest of the people have to... We, we we need to do enough that we can actually help the rest of the people as well. This is a time to actually turn to our Lord. God says in the Quran, Allah says in the Quran. I mean, I'm we'll saying in Arabic, "Fafirru ilallah," hasten to Allah, run to Allah, right? Run to Allah, escape to Allah. Now, what we have to understand is that um, this is not just to uh, thinking about Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is not just to manage our sanity. That's an important aspect, but beyond that. It's also asking him to help us, to invoke his mercy for all of us, for the entire mankind, for our country, for people in general, for for, for this to be lifted. Because clearly that's something going on. I mean, understand it, that this virus began. There's many viruses, there's many coronaviruses as well, and they're, they're, they're around. But this particular mutation of it, or I would probably say that the way this started, the way where it started where it's going and the effect it's having in different places that's all under the will of allah right and there's no doubt about that i mean what else are you going to say i mean people are bewildered scientists uh, medical practitioners biologists uh, people who deal with viruses they're, they're all bewildered by this one right there's new ideas new advices precautions coming up Uh, policies are changing, Uh, heads of states have this, prime ministers have this, presidents uh, may have been afflicted by this, and so on and so forth. This is something that is overtaking everybody. This is just Allah showing His power, and we can't be blind to that fact. We can't be blind to that fact, because pretty much from a non-God perspective, non-God, non-divine perspective, pretty much everything is out there. Everybody knows what you can do up to that level. But there's another level that we need to tap into, especially people of faith. Because look at this, you've got viruses everywhere, right? You've got viruses. Suddenly this particular one in a particular area of China suddenly gets activated, right? Now whether it started from a bat and how it started, Allah knows best. But regardless of it, the reality is in front of us. It's gone everywhere and we're being afflicted by it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He literally just started it. He, oper- he basically started its operation. It became activated and it started doing its thing. As, as much as it's gone around and the havoc that it's wreaking throughout, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in His hands is the power to literally just turn it off, deactivate it. And it can disappear as far, uh, 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 you know, even faster than it started, miraculously. But for that, there's a reason why this has happened. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is waiting for us to do something To reach that level of invocation to Allah, entreating Allah, humility to Allah, turning to Him, seeking forgiveness, removing the burdens from ourselves so that He will do that for us. It's all in His hands. He's all in His hands and Allah is merciful and we are told time and time again in our scripture, in our books, that you do tawbah, you you repent, you turn to Him in penitence, you turn to Him in repentance and you seek forgiveness for your vices and wrongs and everything and Allah is forgiving, God is forgiving, there's absolutely no doubt about that so where it started, how it started, how it's proliferated and spread there has to be reasons for that now I'm not trying to say we need to go into conspiracy theories about this there's lots out there, that's not what I'm talking about what we want to talk about here is that we need to reflect over Allah's command Allah's will, Allah's plan and what he has in store for us and what our faiths tell us that we need to, how we need to respond to this. Our, I mean definitely our actions have got something to, every individual needs to think what is of my action. Never think that our individual wrong actions are insignificant. We live in a quantum world, everything affects something else. We have numerous... Traditions from the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to explain that to, to 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 highlight that idea I want to keep this short, so I'm not going to go into it But I'm sure you've heard of things like that where uh, a calamity comes upon people and then Aisha Radiallahu Anha asked the Prophet But there's such and such a righteous person and such and such a righteous person in that area How come uh, you know what's going to happen to them and uh, basically the Prophet Sallallahu said that did that person ever protest against the wrong So we're all guilty at at some level or the other in whatever, whether in oppressing ourselves or others, or not basically speaking out against oppression, against abuses, against so many different things. So we all need to have that introspection. Uh, Number two, less consumption. Right, this is something I spoke about earlier in another, uh, in another talk, so I'm not going to speak about it. So there's going to have to be a change of lifestyle. I mean, we're being forced to change our lifestyle. This is a very good moment to do Tajreed. There's a concept in Arabic called Tajreed, which means to essentially strip away all non-essentials from our life. And start right from the beginning and then just introduce what's absolutely necessary. Especially us in the West, who Allah has given abundance to, and we thank you, Allah, for giving us so much. Subhanallah. You've given us more than so many others in the world safety, security, medicine, uh, supplies, and so on. Even in this time, you know, you can still get things if people do not do panic buying. Right? It's amazing. The sh- shops are still fruit. You've still got lots of fruit and other things which probably come from other countries. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hasn't changed any of that yet. But we need to discipline ourselves. This is the moment for that. Ourselves, our children. We're at home. Many of us are at home. So we need to see our consumption levels, the kind of things that we do, that, that we should be doing, that we should not be doing, and so on and so forth. I just want to bring our... You see, when you call unto Allah, mar- miracles happen. So, I just want to mention one incident which took place in Medina Munawara, right? Several centuries ago. And this is something that Prophet ﷺ had mentioned that there will be a huge fire that will erupt in Medina Munawara. This is something the Prophet ﷺ himself said that a huge fire will erupt in Medina Munawara, uh, which will be so huge and so 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 inflamed that it will actually illuminate the, the necks of the camels of Busra in Sham, which is south of uh, Damascus. So Several centuries later, after the Prophet ﷺ had mentioned this, exactly there was a huge lava flow, right? There, 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 was a, there was a huge lava flow and it was just basically consuming everything in its midst. And you can read about this in, in the various books, Ali Sha'a, Fi Ashrat saa and other books, and it's basically just consuming everything. It's a historical account. And what the people did is they saw that it's coming directly from Masjid al Nabawi and the inhabitation around it. so including the governor of Medina Munawwara, everybody, they rushed to the masjid. Now, I know that that would be an ideal situation, but we can't do that because of the difference in the scenario and the context, right? Because here we've got a different calamity upon us. So we're going to have to do this in our homes, that we're going to have to run to Allah in our homes. And basically, slaves were freed, uh, lots of sadaqat were given, lots of charity was given in the path of Allah, and so on and so forth. And as this thing is coming, you know, Uh, towards Masjid al-Nabawi and it's just going to consume everything in its path suddenly Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings a relief and it miraculously, literally, I mean there's no other explanation for this, it miraculously turns Like how does a lava flow going in one direction just turn and if you want to check this out You can consult geologists who've actually gone and seen this in the last several years I mean I've heard of reports of geologists who've gone there because when lava flows it leaves a tract of the black, the, 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 the bla- black uh, lava stone right? and uh, they've actually seen it. it's coming in one direction, suddenly it takes a diversion There's numerous inciden- incidences like this uh, You've got the incidents of uh, the Battle of the Trench where the Muslims were in the Medina Manoa completely outnumbered the enemies There'd, No other force, no other greater force had ever congregated and assembled together Right? As uh, in the history of the Arabian Peninsula, as had then, when they just uh, basically campaigned and got everybody together to come and attack the Medina Munawwara. And it just felt like th- there's nothing you, much you could do. They took precaution by digging the trench. They did all of that precaution, but their sites... Well with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Prophet sallallahu was praying to Allah, the Sahaba were praying to Allah. That's where you get the seven masajid from those who go for Umrah, they see the ziyarah in Medina Munar, the seven masajid. That is where the different Sahaba had basically stationed themselves or had been stationed and then they built masjids uh, in those seven masjids. That's exactly where the trench was. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he brings this huge... Uh, almost like storm or hurricane which basically uprooted the tents of the enemy and, and they disappeared. There's so many other stories like this, there's so many other stories about the river Nile, about other incidences in history, there's numerous incidences. This can still happen today, it doesn't have to carry on. Right, it doesn't have to carry on and take the 80 percent, you know, uh, the rate that is being predicted. It doesn't have to happen like that. Right, different countries have dealt with it differently, has, uh, and and it's afflicted different places in different ways. That's why we need an abundance of the remembrance of Allah. Right, we need to remember Him. We need to seek forgiveness from Him. We need to give huge amounts of charity. Charity is said to calm down the anger of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. The other thing that we need to remember is that there's a hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam which basically says uh a hadith of sahih muslim uh, which says that wallahu it's a longer hadith but this part is very pertinent for us because at this moment everybody's very selfishly thinking about themselves because we're in our homes we uh, everybody's paranoid you know that the situation right now is that you get a bit of a sore throat or you have a slight tickle in your throat and you think you've got it right you've got a you know you're feeling a bit hot and you feel you've got a temperature you get a bit of a cough and you think you've got the virus Right? There's a nocebo effect, literally, I mean, not a placebo effect, but it's like a nocebo effect. And lots of people are dealing with this. right? Uh, of course, it's a reality, people are having this issue, but there's paranoia, there's just, it's crazy. So what's happening is that most people are looking inwards. Right? It's, a, it's a very selfish time because everybody's worried about themselves and their precaution. How do you even help somebody? Yesterday I sat with the children and I said, look, let me give a, let's give ourselves a task. Right? Let's give ourselves a task. And I've given them a day. I've given ourselves the day. That how, how can we act on this hadith? The hadith says that Allah ma That Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will uh, assist a person, will remain in the assistance of a person. Allah will assist people and help them as long as that that person is engaged in the assistance of others, in of his brother, his sister, other people. So. One of the ways to attract the assistance of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is to assist others. Now, that will require us to be, that to to, to be uh, basically very practical, uh, <coughs> uh, very practical, and uh, think outside the box as to how, while sitting at home, while isolating ourselves, how we can help others. Is there people we know who are going through difficulty? Maybe maybe we can send them some money. Right? Maybe we can send them a bank transfer. Maybe we can get some other way to deliver even cash or vouchers to somebody for a supermarket. I don't know. I'm waiting for the children and us to come back and you know brainstorm this. If you've got ideas, you know, put them out there. Put them on our you know on on our, on our Zum Zum Academy website comments or on the or on the Facebook or whatever. You know, it, it, this is something we need to help one another in. That how can we assist others? And that will take the brunt of this of ourselves psychologically when you have got a problem yourself an anguish a grief a sorrow a difficulty you're dealing with one of the best cures for that is to actually start thinking about others and helping others that minimizes it gives us something to do makes us feel useful during this time otherwise what are we going to do for i don't know how many weeks just sitting sitting trying to protect ourselves so let's think about how we can safely help others and help basically help the whole of humanity Right, and blessed are those who are gonna who, who are gonna do that. And th- there's another hadith in that regard, which is where the Prophet said, Irhamu <inaudible> sama." Have mercy on those on the earth and those in the heavens will, will treat you with mercy as well. Uh, famous hadith. Then uh, I want to mention a few verses of the Quran which talk about the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala firstly look at this uh, verse, he says, Wa rahmati shay." My mercy encompasses everything. Envelopes everything, covers everything, spans everything. That's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now the Prophet sallallahu alayhi Wasallam, in explaining that and in trying, to, in trying to demonstrate the vastness, the ampleness, the broadness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy to the Sahaba. Uh, he, th- there was an incident. Uh, it was just after a war and the, 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 you know, the, the people are there. There's the r- havoc that's been caused by the war. There's the spoils. There's people lying around and so on. And there's a mother who's lost a child during this situation. There's a mother who's lost a child. I mean, she doesn't know where her child is. So, after the, the war finishes, after the battle finishes, she's going among all the martyrs, all the people who are dead, lying on the ground, looking for her child. And finally, when she, when she finds this child, she picks that child up and she just embraces that child. I mean, you, you can understand the, the motherhood the motherliness, the mother love of that, chi- uh, of that woman for her, for her child. She picks that child up. So now, at this, the Prophet sallallahu asked the companions, أَتَرَوْنَ nar Do you ever think that this woman would ever throw her child into the fire, into a fire? Would you ever imagine that this woman would throw her child into the fire? we said no the sahaba said no la wallahi wa uh, and then the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said wallahu wa hi taqd wa hi wallahi wa hi taqdir ala an taṭruḥahu she 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 can't do that that's not something she can do she would never throw her child in the f- hellfire uh, in the fire in general so the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam then said Allahu. this is the very important part allah arhamu bi 'ibadihi min hadhihi bi waladiha allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is even more merciful with his servants, than this mother is with her one child. You know, we can see the manifestation of Allah's mercy through people doing good work. Allah's mercy is supposed to be well superior to this, well above this, many, many times over, multiple times over. This is a hadith of Sahih Muslim. Uh, let me just mention a few others. Uh, another one is where the Prophet ﷺ said that, Inna mī'atama. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He has a hundred mercies. This is just to depict, just to kind of visualize it for us. Allah has a hundred mercies. al wal-insi wal wal-hawami. Only one part of that mercy. So basically saying that if you imagine that all of Allah's mercy, which is infinite, but just to give an explanation, just to give an exaggerated example or uh, just a minimal example, if you divide Allah's mercy into a hundred parts, it's only one of those parts, like literally one percent that He has put into this and divided and spread and shared among all the jinn, the jinn kind, the human kind, all the beasts on the earth, all the insects and other rodents and all other animals on the earth. And, and that's, that, that is the mercy by which there is compassion within creatures uh, for one another. Why do we have compassion for one another? Why is there even the faculty of compassion that we actually feel for someone? It's because of this small share of this 1% of mercy that has been spread among all of creation from Allah's mercy where the rest of it is 99 percent that's how they're merciful to one another and that's even why an animal will be compassionate and look after and care right its own offspring even though that animal we do not consider them to be rational creatures but they even have that built in by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be from that part the part of his mercy and then allah then the prophet said uh allah has Postponed ninety-three part, the 99% of that mercy. The rest of of that mercy. Can you imagine how much that's going to be? If 1% is what's shared among everybody that you've ever seen being mercy, all the stories of compassion in the world we've ever had historically, all that will come is just 1%. Now you have 99% that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept back for himself. Definitely on the Day of Judgment, he's going to use that. Uh, to, to basically have mercy on, uh, uh, on his servants on his servants, and this is just because this is a hadith about the day of judgment but it doesn't mean that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not going to use it in this world that he can have our mercy upon us we've seen that, we've, we know that from experience likewise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says <laughs> those people who have done a matter of immor- committed a matter of immorality committed some immorality as a, a vice especially sexual vices and others or they've oppressed themselves in another way then they remember Allah because it's all about coming back to Allah then they remember Allah and they seek li and they then seek Allah, uh, Allah's forgiveness for their sins it's just about turning back to Allah that's what Allah wants from us who else is there? That's just Allah puts that in. Who else is there that can forgive besides Allah? Because it's only Him that we are, you know, transgressing against. We transgress against others, others, but that's a transgression against Allah as well. And then these people they do not persist on their on their wrong, on their oppression, right? while they know, of course they could still make mistakes. They could still do it accidentally. They could still do it. Overcome sometimes, but they do not purposely want to do it again and do it again. Then Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says that min Their reward, their reward is a forgiveness from their Lord. وجنات and Paradise gardens actually تجري من Below which rivers will flow and فيها They will remain in there forever. And this is what a, what a wonderful gift and award this is for those who do good. And that's okay, that's talking about the hereafter. But you think people who are destined for good in the hereafter, Allah will not have mercy on them in the world. Ways of attaining Allah Subhanahu wa taala's mercy, let us, let us see how else we can get Allah's mercy. So I'm just going to mention to you uh, four verses of the Qur'an and then one hadith. Right? And that should be enough for us. Allah says, وَنُنَزِّلُ This is Surah al لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ We've revealed from the Qur'an that which is a cure and a source of mercy for the believers. That means increase our reading of the Qur'an. Right? Maybe do it with the children. I mean, alhamdulillah, in my house, we've got a, mashallah, a wonderful routine, children wake up. I'm only saying this just so that you have an idea i will do another lecture uh, i will do another lecture inshallah about timetable but we have a that they're going to they're going to read for this long 2 hours or whatever because they they're doing hifz of the quran anyway and mashaallah if you use this time to do hifz of the quran right yourself a bit whatever a few surahs here and there the blessing of the quran is that it's it's the one words of allah your house inshallah will be protected can you imagine for one or two hours you've got people reading the quran in your house you may have never had that before except in ramadans right? Can you imagine the abundance of mercy that's going to come? Because when the Quran is recited, there's hadith that show that angels gather around, there's a certain tranquility that descends, sakina that defends, and there's huge amounts of benefit to do that. Do not, do not be deprived of this. Sit down and read the Quran. Have your children read the Quran. Have, you know, have everybody read the Quran. Uh, because it's going to be a cure. Allah says, "There's a cure in the Quran. It's going to be a cure psychologically for you." There's so much in the Quran, especially if you're reading with translation, you're reflecting over the tafsir, and so on and so forth. Number two, in Surah Al-An'am, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala then says, kitābun anzalnahu mubārakun." This is a book we've revealed, which is blessed. This book we've revealed is blessed. So follow it. Follow it. Adhere to what's in it. Wattaqu la and fear Allah. Attain taqwa, fear Allah, fear Allah, stop doing things that we did without thinking about how we are violating Allah's commands. Think about the violations and stop doing those things. There are, subhanAllah, we have so many sins, right, that have become part of our life and we no longer even consider them sins. We've justified them somehow, we've overlooked them, we think they're okay, there's no problem with them. So we really need to introspect and may Allah grant us that introspection. May Allah grant us the understanding. So, the, this verse is telling us two things. Number one, um, follow what's in the Quran. And number two, develop fear for Him. So, perhaps you will be dealt with mercy. So, that's another way to invoke the mercy of Allah. And the third verse is Surah Ali Imran, which is Essentially, be obedient to Allah and His Messenger so that you can be given mercy. Again, you can be given mercy if you try your best uh, now a lot of us i said that we don't even know that what we're doing wrong and for that we have to educate ourselves MashaAllah, lots of ulama may allah bless our fellow ulama around the world who are giving who have you know mashallah giving lots of lectures and, and uh, reminders and durus around the world and the more the better right because one person can't do it all you know a few can't do it all it needs to be in every locality providing children's uh, lessons adult lessons we need to benefit from that inshallah that will help to uh, that will help uh, to, for us to become more discerning as to what we need to do with our life from now on and uh, Surah Al-A'raf, the last verse I'm going to quote here is رَحْمَةَ اللَّهِ قَرِيبٌ مِّنَ الْمُحْسِنِينَ that verily Allah's mercy is close is close to the doers of good now when he's saying muhsineen doers of good there are so many things when you beautify something when you do something excellently when you do any kind of virtue it's a very broad idea do any kind of good and virtue and Allah's mercy will be with you. We need this mercy. And finally, the hadith of Bukhari, which is similar to the hadith I mentioned earlier, that verily, Allah has mercy uh, upon his, uh, from his servants, Allah has mercy on them who are merciful to others. Having mercy upon others, having that idea, uh, that will, inshallah, attract Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala's mercy for us as well. So, Jazakallah khair for listening. We have gone a bit over time. Um, we did start a bit late, but may Allah subhanahu wa taala bless your days and make these easy for us and avert this through this mass invocation for rahma, this mass practice of deeds that bring about the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa taala. Do not think what, what difference is going to be make if I make something. The day you start doing something, understand that Allah will make changes, right? Especially those who feel they're sinners. And who feel that they're not going to get anything out of this, that they can't contribute. Nothing's going to happen. You can change and that will provide an effect insha'Allah. So we ask Allah, please keep us all in your du'as. Keep the doctors and all the healthcare professionals and the nurses and all those who are working in that regard. The police forces, um, the the, the ulama, right? These are the people who are going to keep things going, right? And the people who are essentially manufacturing... Uh, essential supplies and selling these essential supplies and not basically trying to profit wrongfully through this. Uh, we pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give them lots of barakah, lots of barakah, lots of blessing. May Allah protect them and may Allah allow us to be accepted for some service uh, to, to, to his deen and to humanity as well. Uh,